You are listening to the regular version of Sexy Marriage Radio, sexymarriage.net. You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex happens in the marriage bed. Here's your host, Dr. Corey Allen. Well, I kind of feel like we should be, uh, you and I should maybe break out in song, like, you know, Happy Holidays or... A little White Christmas, our <laughs> friends in the... Midwest are getting snow as we and speak right northeast, now. the northeast it looks like right now yep. since the holiday season is now here. Hopefully everybody survived Turkey Day, or at least those in the states that celebrate said holiday. A time with family or friends or yeah. lots and lots and lots of food. Well, this is Sexy Marriage Radio. Thanks for taking some time out of your day each and every week that you do so to, t- to spend a little bit of it with us. Well, we want to hear from you. Uh, we love the Sexy Marriage Nation and the fact that they do help set the tone and the stage and the questions and the topics that we cover. And the way you can do that is 214-702-9565. You can also record a, uh, a message if you'd like and email it to us or just email us, feedback at sexymarriageradio.com with your questions. If you like what we do, as always, jump on iTunes, subscribe, uh, rate and review and if you want to get even more content with what we do, you can join the Academy on the extended level or the full all the way cate- uh, category. There all you the, go. All the way just stumbled me for Easy a second. Easy for you to say. Um, but you can do that at sexymarriage.net forward slash SMR Academy. So this has been an interesting uh, couple of days with family coming through. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it always is. The dynamics that come along with it. Mm-hmm. Although I have to say, um, around the Allen household with my immediate family was here, and uh, we had just all kinds of laughter around the table. It was a nice year. It was a nice year. We sat there and ate and ate and ate till one person even threw up. Um, but then that we wasn't laughed. That was enjoyable now. And we laughed and we had fun. And it's just such a good time with family. Yeah. And I have to say, um, happy holidays specifically to the extended family that we have, which is the Sexy Marriage Nation. Yeah. Because you know they are the sexiest people on the face of the planet. They are. And so many of them are truly family with us now. Um, Yes, they are. uh, So we are thankful for that. And if you're wondering, how do I get into the certain levels of family that goes on with the Sexy Marriage Nation? One of the ways is join us at the getaway that comes up in June 2019. Mm-hmm. Registration's open now. Uh, you can book your spot. We do have a limit for the amount that we allow to join the family for yep. that getaway. And we've already got uh, people signing people up. People are rolling in. Yep. So yep. come join us. It's going to be a fantastic four days again here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. But coming up on today's regular free version of Sexy Marriage Radio, a couple of your questions and our answers. And on the extended version of Sexy Marriage Radio, which is twice as long and more content, um, we're going to, since it is the holiday season, we're going to talk about here are some specific ways you can really ruin your sex life Yeah. during this holiday season and you know, almost any time during the year if you apply some of these tips and tricks we're going to offer up. Yep. So if you want to hear more of that, uh, subscribe at sexymarriage.net. So glad we're here. All that's coming up on today's show. Hey, Corey and Pam. Given that this is Sexy Marriage Radio, you know, I've been thinking through what it means to be sexy. 
You know, some of us may have grown up with possibly a negative message around looking, acting, or, or feeling even sexy, and how we communicate to our partners that they are indeed sexy. You know, it seems to me like sometimes we need permission to step into this whole sexy thing because we've been told we're not allowed to do this. I'd be interested in your take on this, as well as whether or not you think it's important for us to believe that we are sexy before we can actually get on our sexy. Thanks. So to answer the last question first, yes, I think you have to believe you're sexy to help get on your sexy. Is that something you think you can fake it till you make it? Uh, Absolutely. I think that there's an element of that that would be fake. But this is the trick that I've come across uh, from just the people we hear uh, with the show, clients I've worked with, friends we've had conversations, and even our own journey. There seems to be this area of I fake it till I make it as a percentage of myself that's fake, but the rest of it is pretty authentic. Because if I get too far beyond myself, the person I'm faking it for sees it. Yeah. And they know it's fake. Yeah. So it's not like I can set up this scenario of I'm heading to a club and I'm going to pick somebody up. But while I'm, as I'm, pers- as I change and challenge my persona and fake it, I become James Bond. Right. And I walk in and order the martini, you know, just all of that. I It's. If they know me, they know that's not you. What's going on? Well, I'm not talking about being someone you're not. It's just that sometimes if if you're not in a spot for something, you have to tell yourself you are, right? And so yes. it's more of a, my comment of fake it till you make it is more of a self-talk. Uh, even, you know, it comes into other scenarios. If you have to do public speaking or something like that and you're not confident, you just have to figure out a way to get up there and do it. Right. Or if you're not... Um, Maybe you're in a really down spot and you've got to go in somewhere and make a presentation at work and they can't know that you're just really sad or depressed that day. So you've got to fake it till you make it. Right. So I guess it's just kind of that pulling yourself up by the bootstraps and realizing, you know, there is something about me. I don't feel sexy right now, but this is where I need to be to get me in a mental state to be there. Well, and if nothing else, if you move half a step closer to feeling sexy, you're sexier. You're sexier than you were before. That's right. <laughs> so it's a it's a continuum and a progress that when you have movement going that way, that's an improvement. But you touched on a, a good a good word there, Pam, that a lot of what I define as sexiness really can be defined as confidence. I would agree with that. It's confidence in yourself. It's confidence in your ability. It's confidence in your looks. It's confidence in your persona Yeah. of just who you are. And I I sum a lot of this up with some of the men I work with that I know who I am and I know who I'm not. And both of those components are, are vital to understanding that. It is. I see it partially as well as a glass half full rather than a glass half empty. Right. Right, you're more you're more attractive, you're more sexy if you're looking at things from the positive side than from the negative side. Right, but it is interesting because the second the first part of his question that he asked of growing up in an area where maybe it was taught you're not allowed to be sexy or you shouldn't be. That is interesting because there's a lot of shame that comes around our sexuality which can squash sexiness. 
at least on our feeling of sexy. Sure, the meaning we might put behind it. Right, because it's that idea of, ooh, what if I can't carry myself in that way because it that feels too taboo or too prostitute-ish or too gigolo-ish or, you know, just there's a swankiness to it that, oh, I just, it, it makes you just feel uncomfortable when other people could be going, no, that's just looking good. Okay. Right. That's so there is a, I think there is an element of, you know, here at Sexy Marriage Radio with Pam as my wife and the co host right now, it's one of those recognizing we are huge proponents for the Sexy Marriage Nation of what happens in a marriage is between the two people. And we're not the value police of, no, that's, this is accessible. This is acceptable. Nope. Now you can't, you know, it's just there's some things that will destroy. A relationship. But a lot of what we're talking about with this concept of just trying to exude your sexiness and how you flaunt yourself for your spouse. Yeah. That's a good thing. That's an enticing thing. I think if you're out there trying to flaunt everything else but your spouse, well, your sexual energy is leaking all over the place then. Yeah. And that causes problems and jealousy and issues. Yeah. Because the world will respond. To sexiness, because the old adage is sex sells and it's everywhere you see. But there's just something about how do you, how do you view yourself? How do you conduct yourself that you utilize that well in marriage? And I think that that should be allowed and permissible, if you will, because I think that adds an extra flavor and spice and passion to the marriage relationship. And it's not always easy, but I think it is something we grow into. Yeah. Hey, Corey, uh, long-time listener, first-time caller. Thanks for uh, everything you and uh, your wife Kim, are doing. Um, my question is about connecting with my wife. A lot of times um, before sex, she's like, oh, I'm just having a hard time getting into it because we're just not connecting. I don't feel connected to you. I was a product of a divorced home growing up, so I – I don't really know what connecting looks like, but in the multiple books that I've read, it says they repeatedly say, oh, connecting with your wife is you know, really important and your wife needs connection. And so I'm just looking for what does that practically look like? Um, you know, I've heard the whole women are crockpots, men are microwaves thing, but what does connecting look like? Thanks. This is an interesting one because the word can mean so many different things. It can. My initial um, response when I heard this was to say to Corey, sometimes I can't really pinpoint what connection is, but I can tell you, I know when we're not connected. Okay. Right. I know, I know the opposite. I know the, the tense feeling that might be in the house mm-hmm. um, or it, my reactions to Corey or Corey's reactions to me are just maybe short. Mm-hmm. There's there's something that's there, and I I don't I typically have a hard time pinpointing what it is. But what that does is draw me to the question to Corey to say, okay, something's not right here. What is it? What's going on between us? Or Corey, is there something bothering you? Because I'm getting something back. I'm getting a vibe back that just something is off kilter here. Right. 
And so I know that that's when that is. And typically what initiates a connection for us to come back and get rid of that tension is that question being posed, whether it's Corey asking me because he's feeling some sort of, I don't know, odd tension or disconnect, or it's me feeling it. One of us posed that question of what what's going on here? There's what's something up between that's us. Yeah. And then the dialogue opens and it, maybe we don't figure it out right away. Maybe I have an idea of what it is and I, I point it out and say, hey, XYZ happened earlier today. Is that is that an issue? Is that bothering you? Right. Right. No, I, I like that because I, I think even it doesn't, it sounds kind of counterintuitive at times, but if you don't know what you're looking for, you're still helping get better at finding what you're looking for. If you know what it's not, right, then you're getting closer to finding out what it is. Right. So the opposite can ring true as well, because with each couple, it's going to be different because some people... I mean, what comes to my mind, let me answer it this way. What comes to my mind, if you're talking about connecting, you've got different facets or areas to focus on. One is time. Do you spend time together? Do you spend time that's that's specific for each other and specific for the family or specific for a task? Because you can break it all down into all these different quadrants even with time. Because not every couple has the availability to be able to sit and have deep, long, drawn-out conversations a lot. But you can have them every so often, mm-hmm. and that can then spill over, and you get the glow that lasts until the next time you get to do it. But the little not-as-deep, drawn-out ones could help set up and build off of the ones that are on both sides of it. So it's time is an important one. Conversation is an important one. Just flat out communicating, um, just having the, the check-ins through the day, um, the conversations about what's going on with each other, how the day went, what are your fears about today, and what are you looking forward to about tomorrow, or what was great today, you know, just... Yeah, I guess some of it is you could have spent a whole week and you had some conversations, but they were 100% surface. Sure. And so there there is no real... he He... He doesn't really even get what I went through this week. Right. And sometimes that can be because one of you just hasn't asked. Yeah. That we, because it is interesting because we usually go about things in the way we would do them. So if I am one that's the quick oversharer, which is true of our relationship between Pam and I, Mm -hmm. (laughs) then I will have a lot of times where I will sit back expecting her to lead the charge because that's what I would do on an area when it doesn't work out that way. Yeah. She has a wiring. I have a wiring. And so I need to be a better student of her and realize I can't just rely on her to do it the way I would. I have to be looking for how would she do it? Because there are many times in relationships where what I'm looking for may actually be there. I'm just looking for it in the way I would do it. Like he might be looking for, connecting in the way he thinks because his question of I'm, I'm from a divorced family so I don't really know what connecting is I'm not going to buy that completely because you've connected with people throughout your life co-workers friendships other family members mom dad steps they're all levels of connection 
Yeah. And obviously there's a different type of connection when you're trying to have a, a deeper one that leads to sex and includes sex. Sure. Maybe had a very poor marital example. Exactly. I, can, I there, could buy that. There are certainly other relationships throughout life that can give you that example right. of connection. But we all have and understand how to connect with people because we all can go into a restaurant and when the waiter walks up to us, we don't just stare at him expecting us to know our order. Yeah. We speak up and say, I would like this. And they go get it for us because that's how the connection works. Okay. <laughs> so in that relationship, yeah. Absolutely. That's how it works in that relationship. But the, and then another area to look at or quadrant is touch. Some people like touch as a, as a means of feeling connected to somebody else, holding hands, arm on the shoulder, arm on a leg, on a knee, hugs, kisses. Yeah, and some people don't like touch at all. Absolutely. But it's being a student of recognizing, okay, I I feel I want to feel connected to you. And the way I feel connected is by hugging. So therefore, you will hug me so I feel connected to you. Doesn't always work that way. Okay. So what is what does his wife think is a connection? If if it's a touch at all, what what sort of touch does she like? Right. And that's yep. just try to be a student of the relationship. What's worked? What's the tendency to where you can look at the times where you have felt really connected? Mm-hmm. Or have semblances of it. What was going on then? Yeah. What's what's surrounded that? And all else fails. Ask her. What is what does that look like for you? Because here's what a lot of us do that are men and are not always crockpots or don't always live in the crockpot position because we're with somebody that is more like a crockpot, i.e., our wife. We oftentimes can start looking at. I need to up the level of connection because I'm looking for the ultimate naked connection today. Okay. When I need to start looking at this as, wait, a crockpot can stay in that keep warm category all the time. So how do I keep it going when there's not the possibility of sex that night, but there could be two nights from now or three nights from now? That's where we've landed with Sexy Marriage Radio lately on looking at marriage and sex within marriage as a long game. That how do I keep it percolating of I want to keep a constant connection that has a sexual undertone to it at times that doesn't even have a sexual connection to it at times. But I want to keep a connection because I have a spouse. And well, that's important. To me, that's just more of a playful, joyful connection that, that's extended. It's, it's, it's saying that you're important to me outside of this right. sexual right. actual act. You know, it, it's Outside of and within it. Yeah. It's both, because it's both and. Okay. But you, you keep the importance of how do I maintain contact? How do I maintain this presence? And that's the last one I think of, is it's just presence. Yeah. It's just being present. How many times can you go, well, let me ask you this, I guess, Pam. You, can, you know this one, because this is stuff we talk about all the time. But if think through either times around the holidays that you just had with family, or times where you've been out in a restaurant, and you see people... In the same proximity, but they're not at all present because they're just looking at their phones. Uh, yeah, that that's a certain sign of um, yeah. I'm not really interested in being here in, with you in this. I'm not instant. present. I'm I'm more interested in whatever's going on somewhere else. Yeah. And so there's an element of importance to be where your butt is. That when you're with somebody you care about, and you're with somebody that's important, be with them. Mm-hmm. Don't hover, don't orbit, but just be with them. 
And if you've got something else you need to be doing at eventual time, well, carve out five minutes to be with them, connect, talk, touch, whatever, and then go do what you need to do next. Yeah. And make, then come back and be with them. Make the time you're together worthwhile. Right. And that's the concept. Even that, if it's just five minutes, make it worthwhile. Well, that's the concept I believe. I think I came across this from Dr. Glover first. The idea of your wife, this is the, what I believe is the masculine presence with the feminine. So the husband's presence with the wife, I believe she benefits more from 100% of my presence for five minutes than she does from 50% of my presence for 20 minutes. I would agree with that. Because I think there's importance to when I'm here with you, I am with you. I'm engaged. I don't have other things going on in my mind. Mm -hmm. And when I need to go do something else, I sequential task that thing. I move on. I say, hey, I need to go run and do this. And I go do that. And then I come back and we connect again. Yeah. And I think a lot of it just comes to being a good student of each other. And usually they'll teach you how to do it, and you don't even have to ask sometimes. You just kind of watch. How does your wife connect to other people, her family members, things that are important to her? If you have kids, how does she connect with them? You can incorporate some of those same kind of concepts. Fair enough? Fair enough. So last thing we're going to cover with the show on the regular version today is uh, a follow-up from our last week's episode. Okay. Where we had a couple of the deeper concepts that we talked about with power and sexlessness mm-hmm. where one was a woman that had called in because her husband's persistent use of porn left her feeling like an old piece of furniture that could be discarded at any moment mm-hmm. and then the other was a voicemail from a husband who is married to a wife that's a fantastic wife in all areas except for she has no interest in sex and the times they do have it it's just obligatory for him So what can he do? Right. Okay. So the email came in shortly after the show that um, he was very interested because he said, on the one hand, we advised the lady with the husband looking at porn to move out or at least move into a different bedroom and basically put all the blame on him and his sinful behavior. While on the other side, we basically put the blame on the poor second guy for not presenting something worth wanting for her because she's not interested in him as if... That's now the way to measure whether a spouse should be interested in a sexual relationship or not. So he was, he was curious because he felt like it was a little unbalanced okay. in the way it came across. Sure. Which I don't remember it that way. Okay. Because I, 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 the, the whole crux of the episode I wanted to get across, and perhaps this is well done. Thank you for pointing this out because I didn't get it across as much as I was hoping. Sure. Is when we're dealing with gridlock issues to this degree in a relationship, if you have as an adamant value of, I will not ever leave, you have immediately stripped some of your power, if not all of your power, to really influence another person. Right? Right. And I'm not, this is not counsel to say when you hit these things, leave. No. That is not, not at all what we're, what saying. we're saying. But there is merit to, on both sides of what, ha- what we talked about last week, I think it's important for both parties to look at, I don't like the way I'm being treated in this. What are some of the steps I could do? And one of them would be, you know what? I will stay in a different bedroom for a time. Right. So I think his comment was that we had, 
told the the lady whose husband was using porn, you know what? Move, go into a different bedroom. Right. And we, I guess we didn't specifically we didn't say that state for that him, for, for him. Um, but you know that was one of his points. So well, right. why can't the husband do that too? Well, yeah, that's totally an option. Right. It is, and and sometimes if it's that big of a of an importance to you, that's the best way to. That's the power you have, is to say, look, this is something that it matters to me. This is something I'm really interested in. Because she, he even made a comment with the voicemail uh, with, the, with the wife. He even made the comment of, he suggested books, he suggested conferences, he suggested counseling, and she's not interested. So in essence, she's saying, I'm not changing. Yeah. So you can swallow it and stay or go. She's not saying that. But that's what really what he's left with. Yeah, and I guess moving, uh, saying, you know what, I'm I'm fed up. I'm going to go to a different bedroom. Sounds kind of counterproductive if he's wanting to not be in a sexless marriage. Right. Right. But I guess that's what would push the envelope to say, I'm serious about this. Right. Right. I, I'm I'm serious. <laughs> what else can I do here? I've got to take some time to to be me and figure out me, and yeah. maybe something along those lines um, takes it to that level. And one of the things I like with this kind of a bigger move is not having a necessarily it all planned out because this is, I mean, the way you approach a gridlock issue is you make a move and then you see how your partner responds. Mm -hmm. It cannot be like a football game plan of we'll do this. They'll do this. Well, where you've navigated it all out or chessboard. Where if I do this, they'll do this. You know, you can use that knowledge to your advantage a little bit, but you can't plan six steps ahead when you're really confronting something that's a gridlocked nature. It truly is. I'm going to move into the other bedroom for right now. Well, how long? I don't know. Are you Are you leaving? Are you moving? Are you divorcing me? No, no, I'm not. I just, I really want to examine some things about myself. I really want to look at some things differently in our relationship and some priorities. It, You know, we talk about, you had just gotten done talking about the connection piece and some of that connection it, it comes from time, connection with conversation, touch, presence. And I think sometimes maybe if we're, if, if we're in a gridlock issue like this where we're having... Um, so much struggle and so much strife potentially in our head having some distance between the two is what allows you to get some focused time right you've got to get your head clear might bring in a different perspective to decipher what is what is just emotion here and what is really coming from the core from my values what i believe what um right. where is all this coming from right because and that's interesting because he even he pointed out um, this is the emailer for last week's show. He mm-hmm. said he he likes that in both cases it seemed like the what we said to one should have also been said to the other. Mm-hmm. That even the wife that has the husband's using porn, the the importance of her presenting something worth wanting. That's it, which is true. Yeah, it's absolutely true because I think that's what that's the way we should do relationships. In every aspect. Yeah. I guess we can make a blanket statement right now to everyone listening to the episode. 
presents something worth wanting, right. no matter which side of the table you're sitting on. Which he has that marked down as one of our two mantras, because he says he's listened to the podcast for a long time. And yeah. so he's got two mantras that have really stood out and rung true that he wishes were easy and always true. <laughs> but yeah. one is present something worth wanting, and the other is the way you do sex is the way you do life. And I was interested, Pam, because he says, P.S. to Pam, how do you feel about this phrase? Do you know what you want in life? My, my wife finds it rather offensive. Well, it's funny because it, the first time I heard it, I just couldn't wrap my arms around it, couldn't wrap my brain around it. And I still have a little bit of a hard time wrapping my brain around it. Um, I, there's pieces of it that I, that I totally get. And this is more of Corey's, you know, PhD explanation that I think it makes it more clear for me. It's, I think of, if I'm tentative in the rest of life, I'm, I'm probably going to be tentative in the bedroom, Mm -hmm. right? Um, There's some things that I don't understand that Corey, I'm going to ask you to dive in a little more. Like for instance, if, if I'm someone who kind of likes adventure, I love to I love to travel. I love to try new foods. I like to try new things. I like to go see new cultures and and experience new events, whatever the case may be. How does that translate into the bedroom if maybe I'm not that adventurous in the bedroom? Okay. So one of the things that's worth clarifying on this that okay. I'm surprised almost kind of shocked that here we are 391 episodes into sexy marriage radio. And then we've never, I've never said that how you do sex is how you do life and vice versa is not just based on behaviors. I've never clarified it that way. Okay. So this is more of a theory. Okay. Which theory allows itself to a lot of interpretation. Okay. It's just kind of fundamentals that it's, it's, it's like the idea of, What's your, what's your personas? What's your confidence level? What's your risk aversion or riskiness, which is what you're kind of asking that in this arena of life, which is true because you have shocked me in the last several years over the level of adventure you've got with food that has kind of become even more prominent with some of the things that you choose to go to do when we're out. It's like, wait, that's a hole in the wall dive. We can't, that's not safe, right? That. But you're like, no, 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 we're going. And, <laughs> and that, that stretches me. But that's the components of that could play out in the bedroom, but they're not going to always be apples to apples. Okay. They, because what immediately jumps to my mind, just going off of what you're asking, one of the things would be you like to lead the charge of adventure and you like to do some of the things of adventure, but you're not going to lead it as much. You'll go along with it more. And that's true. That's right? true. Like, I am not at all interested in going to some foreign country where I don't know anybody and experiencing the culture. That scares the crud out of me. Right. But we have friends who live all over the world. Right. And by all means, I want to go there and I want to see where they live. I want to see their culture. But I want a tour guide on the journey. Right. Exactly. So it's it's looking at what are the deeper components of how you do life? What helps dictate how you conduct yourself in areas of your life? That's what will be transferable to how you do sex. Okay. That where 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 are you willing to stretch yourself and not? 
Because in those areas of life, you're also going to have that way with your intimate levels. Because though we can't compartmentalize that aspect of us. And I think it's important to recognize that the, the, the beauty and the power of that phrase to me is if you're wanting to really shift and adjust and challenge yourself in life, you can either do it outside of the bedroom or in the bedroom. Either one. Doesn't matter. Start wherever you want. If you want to all of a sudden like, you know what? I've kind of become monotonous in the way I've, I'm doing life. Well, okay. So I'm going to challenge myself to do some things a little bit different outside of the bedroom. And that'll eventually correlate to in the bedroom. It will. And, you know, to this emailer's wife, I have to say I'm in complete agreement with Corey on this. When I started evaluating where I was personally, um, Corey and I had some things that had come up in marriage. And I said, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm frustrated with this. I'm not living from who I want to be. And I started doing some reading, doing some other things just about how am I living life? What do I find as a priority? Um, where do I want to spend my time? And I started shifting some things. And in hindsight, I didn't realize it at the time, but in hindsight, when I look back at who I am as a sexual being, as a wife, that's when I started changing things there too. Right. Um, and and it wasn't until years later and going back and really, um, again, hindsight, yep. it, seeing seeing how that played out together. So um, you what? asked me what I think of it. I really, I think it's a pretty accurate statement. And let, let me close this out with this, because I think when you're talking about the, the aspects of us that are at play with this statement. I think of the whole picture of an iceberg. The things that are really at play are not the above the surface things that everybody else sees. Mm, it's yeah. the below the surface. It's under the water things about you that only you really know. Because there have been times in the 25 years of our marriage with, that I've had with Pam where I've confronted myself and grown and then taken a risk and, and spoken up about something with her that's bothered me, that I was interested in, that was chronic. Well, it doesn't really matter the category. But when I spoke up about it, she has no idea the amount of courage it took for me to do that. Because I was just confronting me, and it was courageous to me. It wasn't to her. To her, it was, eh, whatever, because she just sees the above-the-surface stuff. She doesn't know what's going on in my heart and in my mind. So it's, that's where we start to see we have patterns of how we do life under the surface. That's what rings true in both arenas. Sure. Well, holidays can bring about all kinds of different interesting good things and bad things, I think, right? Yeah. That, again, it's perspective, right? How do we look at everything in life? Yeah, it is. Because what, what you see is what we focus on a lot of times and yeah. how we view it. So challenge how you view it. And that may, that probably will mean you'll start challenging how you do it. That's right. So if we've left something undone or we missed it or totally dropped the ball, hopefully we demonstrated from today's show, we want your feedback and we'll address it. So 214-702-9565 is the way you can call and leave us a voicemail or feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. So wherever you are, whatever you've been doing, thanks for taking a little bit of time out of your day to spend it with us. Have a great and wonderful holiday season, and we'll see you next time.